Hey guys, welcome back to Get a Heck Yes with me, your host, Carissa Wu. If you're loving this podcast, please share with a wedding creative friend and leave me a review. It's going to help me so much. Also go to my website, heckyesmedia.co and download my free guide on how to generate constant leads from brides. So I have Robin Graham in the house. She really challenges us today to challenge our minds, our negative thoughts, and our imposter syndrome. She challenges us to flip the switch so we could truly have what we are meant to have. So if you are a high performer, a go-getter, but often feeling anxious, you are going to truly resonate with this episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Woo Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey everyone, welcome back to Get a Heck Yes with me, your host, Carissa Wu. I'm so excited. I have a very special guest. I found her. Her name is Robin Graham, and she is a retired headshot and brand photographer. And now she's a business and mindset coach. She is passionate about helping high achieving ancients women, talking to myself, <laughs> find clarity around their purpose so they can build personal brands and strong foundations. I love her podcast, The Robin Graham Show. I could literally like binge listen to it all day. She is the author of You, Me, and Anxiety. Take Action Over Anxiety to Enjoy Being You, and she's a wife and mom to three kiddos and a woman of faith. Welcome, Robin. Thanks, Carissa. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, yes. I found you through another podcast. I think she was like a coach um, for coaches, and I really love your message, and I just loved you, so I started listening to your podcast, and I've been listening like all week, and I love the last podcast episode with... um, about story brand. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. That the last one I think was with DP DP Knutton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to listen to that one too. So, I guess just to give everyone context, um you are a former photographer, so I'm sure we have a lot to relate on, but just give me like your background story and like kind of how you got started and where you are now today and like who you serve. Okay, so I'm going to give you the just the nutshell version, but I out of high school, I went to pharmacy school, I achieved a doctorate degree, I was in corporate for many, many years. And about um, almost 12 years ago, my son started showing signs and symptoms of anxiety. And because I had always lived with anxiety, I did not want him to have a similar journey to me, I wanted to be able to be present with him to decrease the anxiety level in our home because my husband was traveling globally 50% of the time. We had no family here. I was traveling and and working a lot. And we just decided that it wasn't worth it to risk the mental health of our family, right? So I, I had been doing photography my whole life. It's always been a passion, a hobby. And so my husband said to me, 
Rob, why don't you do something with your photography? And of course, imposter syndrome set in immediately. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I can't do that. Everybody would think I'm crazy and I don't have that, the skills yet and whatever. But I decided to do it and I put a blog up and within six weeks, I had my first paying client. It was a branding client. And I thought, this is what I want to do. And I fell in love with it. And that's what I did for many, many years. But you know, as I, as a mom and helping my kids navigate, because then we saw like different challenges with my other two kids as well, with some levels of anxiety and stuff. And so the more we, I dove into mental health and anxiety and saw a therapist for myself and all of that, I realized that I have a story to tell and I have now navigated anxiety from my own perspective, but also as a parent. And so I can help other people start navigating anxiety in a healthy way so that they can live a life, a purposeful, joyful life and experiencing experience the things that their peers are experiencing. And so last year I wrote the book and then it published March 15th of this year. And now I am I retired from photography because between the podcast and the book and coaching, it was just so much. And I thought something has to give. And so I stepped away from photography professionally. I still do it and have fun, but um, I, I stepped away from taking clients and I'm just coaching and helping, helping, you know, entrepreneurs build those businesses of their dreams. I have clients that range from photographers to um it, holistic uh, physicians to homesteaders. I mean, it's just running the gamut and it's so much fun. It's so exciting to see these people grow and, and come into their own and, and help them navigate those negative mindset barriers that have been holding them back from scaling their business, whether they're just starting and have been sitting in that place of fear of starting something new or changing basically their entire career identity or who are wanting to scale, but they've been stuck spinning in circles and don't know what to do to get away from that. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) That's a a beautiful story. I just, it's kind of funny, but I'm just so excited to talk about anxiety. This is like a really it's fun a hot topic. topic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And when I listen to your um you're on someone else's podcast, it just really like touched my heart because I didn't get anxiety till after I had my first child. I struggled with a lot of like postpartum depression. When people said the word anxiety, I actually didn't even know what they meant. Um, but can you explain like some of the symptoms that your son have that you had kind of seen in him that he was getting? Um, and you kind of was like, uh oh. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I want to do is kind of dispel some of the confusion around anxiety. So we hear that phrase a lot nowadays, and there is a difference between anxiety and worry and being nervous. And so, you know, true anxiety is this abnormal apprehension, this abnormal fear around an experience, a person, or different things, but it can be almost debilitating or preventative. And your brain just continues to go with these what ifs and these negative thoughts and these negative scenarios. When we talk about being nervous, you know, you may have some of the same symptoms as anxiety, but when the situation is over, the the nervousness dissipates. It kind of goes away. You don't have this continuous flow of what if thoughts. What if I didn't do that right? What if they didn't like me? What if I messed that up? What if they hate me? 
well, what if nobody likes that? You know, these, all these what if thoughts that are negative. Worrying is something that people, I believe, choose to do. It is constantly thinking about the future and negative things that could happen. Whereas it, it, it's almost like this, um, it's something that you can control versus anxiety a lot of times is not something that you can control. It actually takes medical intervention or therapy or holistic measures to navigate it because our brain basically gets stuck in that negative cycle. So some of the signs and symptoms that people may experience when they have anxiety are um, racing heart, heart rate, uh, difficulty breathing, slowness of breath, rapid breathing, panic attacks where you can't catch your breath, um, headaches, inability to sleep, so fatigue, irritability, outbursts of anger, mm. change in eating habits. So there's there's a lot of signs and symptoms that can occur, and oftentimes they are physical in nature. For me, it was always stomach pain since I was mm. a little girl, mm-hmm. but. Medically, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. My mm-hmm. stomach, my GI tract, everything's fine. Yeah. But my anxiety manifests in my belly. And so for me, and I know that when I have this certain feeling in my belly, that, okay, I have to stop and I have to recognize the trigger. What is happening in my life? Is it an interact? Was it an interaction I had with a person? Is it an upcoming speaking engagement? Is it a project that I want to excel on or a launch or what is coming down the pipe that could it be travel? Could it be a visit by a relative or a friend? What is triggering this in me? Once I identify that trigger, then I can start navigating what is happening in my life. And so it's really important to be able to recognize that mind, body, soul connection, I like Uh, to say, because that will help you catch those catch what's happening sooner than later before a lot of those other symptoms start manifesting. Oh, I know. I was listening to that episode and what you were saying right now and in that episode, I was like, oh, wow. So it's interesting that if you're aware of it, then you could actually help or prevent that because I feel like I have my group coaching calls every Wednesday and I just feel like this like tenseness, like the night before, like my shoulders get really tight. I hold a lot of like my stress and my my neck and my shoulders. And then mm-hmm. um, when you were saying that on the episode, I was like, okay, so if I know that this event um, or this group coaching is coming up and I have like, I feel like I have a lot to, to give and I have a lot of pressure on me, like how would I go about like um, kind of preventing this anxious or stressfulness um, kind of time in my, in my week. So the one, this is what I love to recommend. And this is really kind of the premise of my book and it's based on cognitive behavioral therapy, but I like to refer to it as my rag method with the five C's of journaling. So you recognize what's happening. You recognize Uh what's going on. So when you start recognizing, okay, I'm, I'm experiencing this, you know, my shoulders are, are tucked up to my ears because they're so tense and I'm so anxious. Um, And then you, so you catch, Uh you know, these thoughts, you catch those thoughts and you catch those feelings to understand, okay, what's happening. So once you catch them, you can address them by challenging them. So when you're feeling this way about something that's coming up, you can actually challenge those thoughts. If you're questioning, am I worthy to do this? Do I have enough knowledge to share 
is anybody going to show up? All of those what if questions that are coming into play, challenge them. Once you challenge them, change them. So if you're thinking, I don't have enough to offer, I'm not worthy, change those thoughts to, I have years of experience. I have so much knowledge to offer. I know that I can serve everyone that shows up tomorrow because of my life's journey and the experiences I've had to become an expert at what I do. So the more you catch those thoughts, challenge them, change them, get rid of them, that's the G in the rag, then the more control you're going to have over those thoughts. So you're going to be able to catch them faster, challenge them faster, change them faster. You'll have more control over the thoughts. And then with that, you'll become more confident. So then the next time or you know, five times down the road, you may not experience any of these symptoms at all because now you've done this model enough that you're catching those thoughts soon enough that now you're confident. You you have changed those thoughts. You now believe in yourself more. You have more confidence. And now you can do this without feeling so overwhelmed, afraid, doubting all of those negative thoughts and feelings that often go along with anxiety. Uh, Robin, I think in three minutes you changed my life. <laughs> I think I needed to hear that, especially because I'm a coach. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 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 really is life transformative. The key is that to recognize that it sounds simple, but it's not easy. And this is something you have to do on a daily basis. So, you know, you create habits. You know, we know that a, a 1% change in behavior can transform our lives long term. So it becomes that in the morning when you get up, instead of looking at social media, instead of immediately going into work, give yourself that time to dump everything out of your brain onto paper. Some people will recommend meditation. I personally am not good at meditation and I don't enjoy meditating, but what I do love to do is write. And so for me to take everything that's in my brain and put it on paper just gives me a clean slate every single morning. And it becomes an empowering tool to take what's in the brain and write, you know, that that what if thought and then challenge it on paper and change it on paper and that that mind body connection between our brain and our hands writing can change those neural pathways in our brain so that they're not sitting in that place of negativity bias. They're, you're actually changing them to think in a more positive way. Oh, I love that. I actually, I recently had like a spiritual awakening. I did some like psychedelics um, and it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things, but I did start meditating every morning and been listening to like Jim Quick and, um, you know, morning routines and stuff. And I've been listening hearing about this for over, you know, 15 years, but I finally started doing it because I know how important it is, but you really inspired me to start journaling. So I'm going to add that to my list. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I find it, and it's also fun to go back and look at where you were and where you've become, you know, when I date every page. So it almost becomes a documentation of your journey and it's a legacy that you can even, you know, share later in life if you were to choose to that, okay, here's where I was, but look how far I've become. Ah, oh, that's so good. Yeah, I started actually, I have this journal app and I actually wrote down my dreams. So 
right in the morning this morning, I actually had a, um, a dream about my grandmother and it was something like we had made her this little um, like artwork of her in like a Chinese dress and we gave it to her. And then she just had like this really like big, like smiling look in her face. And it was such a happy memory. And I think because she had like dementia and it was like a really hard death and really hard on us. I think I blocked out like a lot of the happy memories. Mm -hmm. And so they always say like, try to remember your dreams because they're so powerful. And then in that dream, I was like, oh my God, I got my happy memory back of her. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's so, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I want to go back to kind of like dig deeper to your past. When did you kind of realize you had anxiety and like, how did you cope with it as, because I know you helped teens. So how, how old were you and how, how did you cope with it? Like um, in your younger years? So my earliest memories associated with anxiety were sitting on my parents' front porch and crying because my stomach hurt. So I couldn't go to school and I would not get in the carpool to go to school. Um, birthday parties were a source of major stress and anxiety. I didn't want to go. I was so worried or afraid, just all those negative emotions. And I, I always had a stomach ache and my mom would take me to doctors and they didn't find anything wrong with me. So my anxiety started very young. There was also a genetic component for me. There is a genetic component to a, for a lot of people, not everyone. There are environmental triggers that can stimulate anxiety. People who have gone through trauma can have anxiety. Um, there's a lot of a lot of different ways that anxiety may come about or manifest. So when you think about it, I had it my entire life. When I got to the point of being in high school, that is when an eating disorder started. And I went in and out of um, eating disorders through my early 20s. And for me, that that was how I controlled my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts was I could control food. I could control how far I ran or how much I ran. I couldn't control anything else in my life. I couldn't control how other people treated me. I couldn't control you know, what assignments I was given. I couldn't control how well I did outside of all the hard work I put into it. So that was how I, how I navigated my anxiety was I had an eating disorder. I did not know what I had taken so many psychology classes. So I kind of was self-diagnosed with anxiety, but I didn't have therapy. My mom and did not understand what was happening with me. My parents didn't understand what was happening with me. So therapy, I had never had therapy until I was an adult. And, you know, that I think probably delayed a lot of my progress with navigating anxiety. So it wasn't until a, as an adult and, and going through the journey with my children that I really dove deep into therapy, really dove deep in my mindfulness, mindset work. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. It was the grace of God that I survived the eating disorder. It never got so bad that I had to be hospitalized. I say it's because my mom prayed all the time, wow. but um, you know, that, it, it still can be a crutch for me when things are crazy. And it's something that over the years, I just have had to practice being mindful, knowing what's happening in my mind and body and that connection so that I can address things up front versus let them get out of control. 
Oh, that's so good. I We have to talk later, like after the episode, but I have a five-year-old daughter and she's pretty anxious too and she doesn't like to eat. So I see all like all these like red flags um, with her already. So it's, I kind of want to like nip into the bud. So we'll talk later about that. But <laughs> um, You know, I, I am a firm believer in therapy. So if anyone is experiencing any, like noticing any of these signs or symptoms that I mentioned earlier with your children, if, if there's nothing physically being found or discovered for a medical diagnosis, think about maybe it is anxiety because it it does start early. Like we know that. And over the course of the past two years, especially because of COVID, the the prevalence of anxiety has increased by 25%. Wow. So with that being said, mostly the, the prevalence is mostly or it's highest in women and youth. So if you can get your child into a pediatric therapist sooner than later, you will save them and you a lot of emotional stress and turmoil when they get to those teen years. Wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, I want to dive more deep into like who you work with. You work with high achieving, anxious women. Um, why do you think high achieving like goes along with anxiousness and women? Mm-hmm. That's a, and women. Yeah. That's a really good question. And you know, when, when you have anxiety, a lot of times there's an, an high achieving people tend to push themselves so hard and perfectionism becomes a crutch. It's something that we depend on and anxiety goes hand in hand with that. People who have anxiety, you know, want perfection. They think they have everything has to be perfect and when something isn't perfect, that's when everything comes crashing. And so, you know, for me, I Here's why I say high achieving. One, I like to work with people who don't make excuses. They're going to take constructive criticism or take advice or take a recommendation, and they're going to do the work without making excuses. And so that kind of defines high achieving for me. They have big goals, big aspirations. They, They want to succeed. And so they're willing to do the work, whether it's mindset work, whether it's writing blog posts, whether it's, you know, creating an email marketing strategy, whatever it is that we work on together, they're going to take action in between the times that the hours that we're together week to week. And when we talk about, um, you know, anxiety, a lot of times it's just that pressure that comes with being a high achiever, the deadlines, the goals, am I good enough? Am I achieving enough? And when we're really driven people, those questions come into play more frequently. We're not the we're not the people that are going to just be sitting on the couch, letting everything roll off our shoulders. We're driven and want more, and so that puts more pressure on. And so that pressure, a lot of times, is comes or, or manifests in the form of anxiety and and thinking, well, am I good enough? Did, is some if someone else is doing this, is there even space in the market for me? And all of those questions that come into play. So working with those people, those women, my clients, it's, you know, navigating that, that doubt when, when imposter syndrome kicks in, when comparison kicks in, really identifying, okay, what is the root of that? And how can we navigate it so that you can take action in a way that is going to move you forward, and that you're not going to stay stuck. We know that based on cognitive behavioral therapy, 
are, we all are born with, you know, basically a belief system, right? And we're kind of groomed in that belief system as we grow. So whether we're talking about, you know, faith, belief in ourselves, whatever our belief systems are, that influences our thoughts. The more in our thoughts, if whatever thoughts we're having will influence our emotions and feelings, our emotions and feelings then influence our actions and behaviors. So if you're sitting in a place with negative thoughts all the time and doubtful thoughts, you're going to have negative emotions and those negative emotions are going to put you into that procrastination cycle where ultimately you become paralyzed. You're not taking action. Therefore, you're not seeing results. So it's really important that you know, like I, when I showed or shared my model, you know, the RAG and the five C's adrenaline method to really address those negative thoughts earlier in that cycle so that we don't have so many negative feelings and emotions so that we will take positive intentional action. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was like a book right there. I love that. That was so Sorry. Powerful. I get really geeky when I talk about brain. No, I'm going to have to listen to this about four times. I think every single time something different is going to hit. It's so powerful. It's so deep. I, I was, I was going to say something about like, I feel like when I had the babies, I, um, I just started like really trying so hard, like trying harder than I ever had, which is really weird because you would think it would be opposite. Um, and I felt like I wanted to just show the world I had it all together, like my social media, all the parties, cool friends, the cute outfits. But then um, I realized like at one little comment or one little negative comment from my husband or our social media or a friend, I would kind of like super snap. And I was just like, like, I don't want to be this like miserable person. Like, why is this happening? And that's kind of when I went to like started doing therapy um, every other week and really going down like the woo-woo um, spiritual journey. And I realized that I um, kind of was never good enough for myself. So therefore, nothing was good enough for me, like not enough clothes, not enough bookings. Um, and I'm kind of like, wow, like I have these students, but why is it not enough? You know, and I think the reason why I was I was just like not good enough for myself. And that was like my little, my spiritual awakening thing, which was so, it sounds so simple, but it was, it's so powerful for me. And that's when I started meditating. I got in the last like two or three days, 18 inquiries. What the heck? Hey guys, you all know me. I'm Carissa Wu and I'm a coach for wedding photographers. I've also been a wedding photographer for over a decade, so I've been through it all. I was a shy, awkward girl, and I've come so far. I'm now beyond passionate about helping wedding photographers not struggle how I did for so many years. It was six years into my business, and I was so tired of being ghosted, nickel and dimed, and hearing the dreaded words, we went a different direction. I also knew I needed to find a way to not rely on referrals or paying $350 a month for the knot to get my leads. I didn't want to have anxiety about when my next payday was going to come, and I wanted to scale my business. Fast forward to now, I created my very own stack system to help wedding photographers get constant leads and master the dreaded sales call and get a heck yes in 24 hours or less and charge more than four, five, six K. No more waiting around guys. This is our livelihood, our artistry and our passion, and we deserve to be respected, 
valued and paid for what we are worth. I've helped so many wedding photographers. Watch my 20-minute masterclass all about lead generation and closing the sale. The link is in the bio. You don't want to miss out on the wedding boom and you don't want to miss out on booking your calendar for 2022. It's engagement season, guys, so you don't want to miss this. See you guys soon. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to realize that a lot of times, especially if you just innately have anxiety, a lot of times all of those negative thoughts will make you feel abnormal. They make you feel like you're not worthy. You're not as good as someone else. You, you know, and so you do seek other things to make you happy. But at the end of the day, it's that inner self that we have to recognize as beautiful and lovable and love ourselves so that we can then in turn love other people. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's like it, everything comes down to self-love, like just that funnel, but it's like, you really have to truly dig deep. You can't just say, Oh, love, love yourself. You know, wear it on a shirt, wear it on a bracelet, tattoo it on your arm. Like it's so much deeper than that. Like you really have to do the work. And I used to hate mm -hmm. when people said, do the work, do the work. I was like, what does that mean? You know, but <laughs> it's almost like you have to, you do have to go through some struggles and then really kind of, you know, think about like, how do you want to feel every day? Like, do you want to feel like shitty? Do you want to feel awesome? What does that mean to you to feel good? Like, do you have to wake up and meditate to journal, to exercise, like, um, to do all these things? Or do you want to just, you know, look good on social or look good in front of your friends? It's like, does that make you happy? So you really have to kind of ask yourself that powerful question. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like how things are going, don't stay in the status quo. You know, if you want things to change, you have to create the change. And that is taking action. And that's why my book is called You, Me and Anxiety, Take Action Over Anxiety to Enjoy Being You. Because you can be irritable. And I know, I know a lot of moms who have experienced this, you know, where, you know, we snap at our kids, and then we're like, Oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I react that way? That was so bad of me. And then you feel guilty and you feel shame. And so many times with anxiety, shame comes into play. And, uh, you know, if you if you think about it, we, we tend to as humans judge other people, but we also judge ourselves very critically. And so instead of getting instead of judging, get curious when you can navigate that world uh, of shame by accepting yourself, forgiving yourself, giving your the great yourself the grace that you would give someone else, mm. you know, and then get curious instead of judging, not only about the world outside of you, but curious about yourself. Like, why, why do I feel this way? And if you look back in time, chances are someone said something to you, someone made you feel a certain way. You cannot control what other people think, say, or feel about you in the past. You can't control what, you know, things that had happened with your, your parents or your siblings or your friends or your teachers or all of those people that have been in your path. You can't control that. You can't control the people that are there now. But what you can do is control how you react to that. And that starts with taking action so that you can have a positive mindset and then take positive action for yourself to grow and to, to, to change that, that perspective of yourself so that you can be better. 
So say like you have this negative thought, like someone said something that kind of irked you and you're, you're kind of in your head like, oh, I'm not like that. And they did this. And um, how do you kind of navigate that to turn that around to something positive or not have those negative thoughts? Mm, I love this question. So Brooke Castell is a life coach and she has a model called it's CTFAR. And so the C stands for circumstance. This is very similar to my five C's of journaling method. So that the circumstance is what just happened. What And then, so say someone said something to you. And let's just say for something that's not too harsh, but let's just say that they don't like the way you're wearing your makeup. So um, maybe you you start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm ugly. Like, I don't know how to apply makeup. And they think I'm ugly and they think I failed at my makeup and they don't like you know, maybe it's the brand of my makeup and you just start cycling, then that's going to make you feel unworthy. It's going to make you feel ugly. It's going to make you feel disheartened and, and maybe frustrated, annoyed, maybe angry, irritated. So those feelings are going to cause you to behave a certain way or act a certain way. So you may then snap at them. You may get angry at them. You may walk away from them. You may shut them out of your life. Anything could happen as far as the results are going to be negative, right? That person, your relationship with that person will be altered. You won't have positive results because now you're in a place of taking negative action versus positive action. So anything resulting from that interaction is going to be negative. If you flip the switch to that of, well, she doesn't like the way I wear my makeup, but my makeup doesn't have anything to do with her. I like the way I apply my makeup the way I apply my makeup, I feel pretty. I feel confident. I feel strong. I feel successful. And so changing those thoughts to the positive, then how is that going to make you feel? That's going to make you feel confident, positive, happy, joyful, all of those positive words. So then that action that you're going to take is, oh, well, that's okay that you don't like my my makeup. I like my makeup. And I like my makeup because so-and-so is a makeup expert and she taught me how to do my makeup. But you're going to, you know, take different action and then the results will be you've maintained that relationship despite the fact that person hurt your feelings. You are now able to move forward, continue doing your makeup however you want to do your makeup, but you're in a place of confidence. So any action you take is going to produce results that are positive. Oh, I, I love that. I love, um, I think the title of this podcast or episode will be Flip the Switch, <laughs> Coping with Anxiety. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I'm a performing woman. <laughs> it's super cute. Yeah, that's good. I That's actually really, you know, simple, but it could change your whole life in a nutshell. Well, and I'm guessing a lot of your audience is probably photographers and you can employ that method to any of your clients. I mean, they're how many times as a photographer do you have a client that is, well, can you remove all of my wrinkles? Can you make me look 10 pounds lighter? Nobody's ever satisfied with themselves uh-huh. in front of the camera uh-huh. or people are afraid to be in front of the camera. But when someone comes back to you and says, well, I don't like this picture. It's not about the picture. It's not about the image you created. It's not about your art. It's about their feelings of themselves. So when people come to you and then they don't like what you have given them, you know, evaluate that. Like, how confident are you in your work? But do that model. Nope. This person told me, can I remove wrinkles? Can I do 10 pounds lighter? 
It's not about my work. It's about their view of themselves. So instead of getting down and then not, not working or not taking on clients or not putting yourself out there and sharing your work because you're afraid other people won't like it, which means if you're not sharing it, you're not visible. So you're not front of mind. So you're not attracting clients. So switch those thoughts to my work is so beautiful. List out all the clients that have raved about your work, read your testimonials, make sure that you're staying positive about your work, your skills, your creativity, and the level of product that you're producing instead of letting someone else's view of themselves dictate what you feel about you. Ah, that's so good. Yeah, because one little like comment like that from a client could really trigger, you know, me and my students because I hear it all the time and they just go into this, oh, I got ghosted. Like what's wrong with me? My business sucks. I suck. And um, it's just that, that mindset. I, I wanted to talk about social media because me and you talked about it for about 10 minutes before we started recording. But why does social media make us so anxious and how do we kind of stop that? Oh, that's a great question. And it, it's one that I talk a lot about because oh, it's very right. easy to compare ourselves with other people that we see online. So it's, it becomes the, the question of, is this person inspiring you to be better? Or is this person making you feel negative because they look so perfect and you don't feel worthy or that you can achieve their level of success? If it's the latter, don't follow them. Don't consume their content. And, and that's a choice we have. If you don't want someone to know you're no longer following them, just mute them. You, they don't have to know you're not following them. There are ways around that. If there is anyone that is making you feel negative or anxious, you have the choice. That's not a healthy place to be in. That's not using social media for the intended purpose. The purpose of social media is just that, to engage socially, to build connection and relationships. The more relationships we build, the more trust that people will have in us. So, you know, when we build trust, then trust determines buying practices, and that's how we're going to grow and scale our businesses. So if there are people out there that you're watching, and maybe you're commenting on all their stuff, but they're not commenting back on your stuff and engaging with you and respecting you and, and you know, shedding light on you, then you don't have to follow them. And that's just a hard and fast rule that you have control over for your life and your use of social media. Obviously, I am a, a big fan of doing social media holidays, and I think it just kind of cleanses you. We, we all tend to go to our phones, pick it up, pick it up. You know, it's just a distraction. If we're struggling to focus, we can go, we'll go and scroll. And that's when we can then almost demolish our creativity because we're comparing ourselves with someone else. Mm -hmm. So if you're experiencing any of those things, then you can one step away to stop following those people or mute them that are making you feel that way. And the other thing that is just so incredibly important it is doing the mindset work around imposter syndrome and comparison. Do, you know, catch those thoughts, catch those feelings that you're experiencing when you see content or when you see something someone else has put out there and then challenge it. Challenge that feeling or that thought that you're experiencing. Is it valid? 
could this negative thought about yourself because of what you saw be proven in the court of law? Would your best friends who you love and respect and trust, would they be feeling the same way if they saw the same content? If it's not valid, if it's not rational, if it's not realistic, then change that thought. Get rid of it. And then that's going to help you have more control when you go on to social media. Not allowing yourself to succumb to what you're seeing, but actively changing those feelings and emotions and thoughts that you're, or I guess those thoughts that you're experiencing that are influencing your emotions and then actions based on how those posts or those people are making you feel. I'm going to do a little audit on my Instagram after this episode and just delete, 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 or unfollow, 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 and just start following the people that inspire me. So that's a great tip. What I know you're, you're a former uh, photographer, amazing photographer. Now you're a coach. What is your biggest heck yes sales technique? How do you get a heck yes from your dream client? For me, it's always been relationship building. It's building that trust. It's being authentically and genuinely me. I don't do or say anything just to please. I am me. And when people connect with me, they they get, they know, they know that I'm not selling them because I've already built that relationship and the trust. So I have now told them how I can help them, how I can serve them, how I'm unique, that I can solve the problem for them because I understand them and I understand their problem so I can help them fix their problem. I love that. And you do do a good job of building that trust with the podcast and with your Instagram and you are very relatable. So I feel like, yeah, if someone did hop on a Zoom call with you um, and, you know, they already read your resources and your website, they would just already be like instantly like, okay, just, you know, tell me what to do. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? The other thing I'm going to say is that not only is it being authentic and genuine, but if you address objections ahead of time mm. through your content and then have the, have the skill to, when they say, oh, well, that's too expensive. That's more than I had had planned. And I think photographers get this a lot of, oh gosh, well, so-and-so was only going to be this much and you're this much. If you have differentiated yourself as a personal brand, then people are going to recognize the immense value you provide and what makes you unique and why you're the one that they should hire. When you handle those objections or address those objections up front, then you're more likely to get a heck yes, because people understand before you even open your mouth why you're the best. That's the best feeling ever. That's where you want to mm-hmm. be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Every time. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So fun questions. Robin, what do you like to do for fun? Mm. I love to hang with my family. The ocean is my like solace. I swear I'm a mermaid. So for me, being in Florida at our house in Florida and being on the ocean is my like happy, happy, happy place. Oh, I love that. That sounds so like tranquil and peaceful. Um, Let's see, question, a little coachy question, but if you had a magic wand, where would you see your business in three months? 90 days. Oh, in three months. Um, Hmm. 
Well, in three months, I will have signed one new coaching client every week. So that will give me, what is that? 12 weeks. I'll have 12 new clients on my roster. Holy moly. Amazing. You could do it. Um, I know you're a techie girl. So what's your biggest like tech marketing trick? I would I would say I would say it has to be email marketing. I am not a big fan of these like funnels and systems you buy. I am a fan of email marketing and educating, entertaining, enlightening, and building trust through my email marketing campaigns. Yeah, girl. Although, you know what, though? I almost have to say my podcast. That's the, that's really ultimately my favorite thing in the world is my podcast. Just for personal reasons, how do you promote your podcast? Is it through your email list and just social? Do you have any tips for me that I could like apply today? <laughs> sure. So several, several things. One is I talk about it all the time. Okay. Um, I when and I think this is a, just a general um, policy that people should have is, you know, asking your guests, which if I haven't already, I will definitely be leaving you a review. That's just a courtesy that I believe any guest should do for a host that uh, is on their show. Yeah. But incorporate that into your um, information when people apply to be a guest on your show that, you know, you, you appreciate reviews after the episode, send them a thank you note and remind them to leave you a rating and review. Then when you send them the assets, remind them to leave you a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are ultimately what help you scale your podcast. They're, um, you know, being very selective with who you have on your show, being selective with your content makes a big difference. And um, I would say, you know, sending out an email reminder is great for just boosting listens or downloads. Um, sharing on social media is great. I also share my episodes on LinkedIn okay. and then I'll do a monthly roundup. And I think that monthly roundup is, is a great little way to you know, oh, remind people, no. Hey, if you're curious about X, Y, Z, we covered these topics this month. And so that just gives them the opportunity to have everything in one place versus seeing it hit and miss. The other thing is video. Um, to me, the, the the I think probably the most strategic thing that I've done is instead of just downloading and transcribing the episodes as show notes, I actually do an SEO blog. So when I'm creating that blog, I'm very strategic with the search engine optimization for that specific post so that it can be found. So like if someone were to Google a topic that I've covered on the podcast, it's more likely to show up. Ah, you got you're so next level. That's so cool. Um, I left you a review today and the headline was I could live on here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You have no idea. That like warms my heart so Uh, much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Tell everyone where to find you and just maybe your top free resource and how to work with you. Absolutely. So the best place to find me is listening to the podcast, The Robin Graham Show, or going to my website. You subscribe to my email list. The, there's so much value. I do a Monday morning drop every single week where I have a journaling prompt and affirmation for the week. So that's pretty cool. People love that. 
And then I have re- resources on my website too. I have a couple of different eBooks. One is on alleviating anxiety by developing healthy habits for a healthy mind. And then I also have an eBook on the, um, my purpose to results method, which is based on my success equation and discovering your purpose and all that good stuff. And that's a free ebook as well. So the Robin it's Robin with a Y and Graham is G R A H A M. So the Robin forward slash resources is a great way to get started with, um, learning about what I do, how I do it and how I work with my clients. So, and of course, if anybody is interested, I do a free consult. So you can just go to my website and book a free consult as well. I would love to connect with your listeners. And if I can help in any way, shape, or form, then please don't hesitate to email me either. And that's Robin at therobingram.com. Oh, I love this conversation, Robin. And I think the biggest takeaway for me today was I'm really going to challenge my mind because our minds are so powerful. So I just feel like that's something that our, all our viewers and listeners could do today is just challenge your thoughts because you do have control over them. And thank you so much for being on my podcast. This is great. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here and happy to serve you and your listeners. So if there's anything more I can do, don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.